Welcome to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. Hi, this is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living. With us today to talk about wellness and senior living is Colin Milner, founder and CEO of the International Council on Active Aging. First, Colin, let me ask, how do you define wellness? And do you think that definition is shared by others serving older adults? Well, wellness, as far as the ICAA is concerned, and many in the industry is simply derived from our ability to actually understand, accept, and act upon our identity and capacity to lead a purpose-filled and engaged life, Lois. And in doing so, we actually can embrace our potential in all areas of life to pursue and optimize life's possibilities. Now, is that definition the same definition as many of the other organizations out there that uh, have some form of wellness uh, model? Everybody has their own definition, but... If you compare that versus the others, they're all very similar. And they all have one goal in mind, and that is to help residents, customers, staff to live better longer. It's really as simple as that. It's just simply how we get there may differ. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you think we get to the place where everyone is in agreement about what wellness is? I don't think we'll ever get there. I think you have people that uh, have the same issues with, uh, do we call uh, the industry a CC, a segment of the industry, a CCRC or a life plan community? Do we call it exercise, physical activity? Do we call it high intensity, low intensity, moderate intensity? Uh, Is eating meat good for you or not? Eggs good for you or not? There is always going to be creativity. There's always going to be uh, opposites. We see that in politics. We see that in life. So I don't know if everybody's going to have the same definition, but it certainly would benefit us when we look to get things like reimbursement, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it is from CMS, whether it is from funders, grantors, consistency is key. And given the fact that ICAA represents 10,000 communities that owner operate at least 25,000 locations. Our goal is to at least bring the consistency across those brands if we can. But even that is still a tough job because everybody wants to create their own buzz. (laughs) Well, beyond the definition, um, what are some steps that senior living can providers can take to become more wellness focused, however they define it? Well, I think the first thing is really to figure out where they are. Uh, A lot of times people just jump in without stopping to figure out, okay, where am I on my journey? Am I just starting out? If I'm just starting out, what do I actually need to take the next step? It's like, um, you know, uh, behavior change. You have the five various uh, steps to behavior change. You have the five various steps to wellness success. And that is, you know, you're starting out. uh, You need research to figure out where to go from there and to have an understanding. Then next is that you need a commitment. Without a commitment, I think you're wasting your time and your money because 
staff come and go, but if the commitment isn't there from the organization across the whole platform and across the whole organization, I, I think there's always going to be an issue. And we see that. We see that with uh, funds that are being provided for, uh, whether it is centers, whether it is staff, whether it is equipment, whatever it may be, programs, the organizations that tend to be the most robust are the ones with the greatest level of commitment. Uh, and then, you know, once you've made that commitment, uh, start putting together your blueprint. Look at what is your model actually going to be? How do you actually incorporate that thinking into the way you are rethinking aging in the first place. Say yes instead of no when people are looking for things that they can do that is aspirational and, and important to them. Uh, then one of the things I would recommend to any organization is to conduct a wellness audit, especially those that are existing. You need to know where you are before you can move forward. And you need to know where you are on a consistent basis. If you've never done an audit, it's not that, uh, well, actually, it's time-consuming uh, if you do it properly. Uh, there's very few tools out there to help you with that. Without being promotional, um, ICAA will be releasing an audit tool in September because of the lack of tools out there, but also because of the importance of understanding where you are and then comparing yourself against other organizations in your chain, if you have one, or against the industry as a whole. Uh, you know, from there, it's really, there are six simple action steps, and that is figure out what your program is going to be. The, the buzzword is person-centered right now. Well, person-centered is really talking about taking care of your customer. That's what it is. Your customer, that person, not all customers. Uh, you know, there there's a question whether wellness is person-centered or not. Wellness is highly person-centered. The question is, is the way you are delivering it person-centered? So focusing on delivering person-centered services, focus on uh, the various dimensions of wellness or whatever your model is to create that. Build and educate your uh, workforce and your team and make sure that uh, all staff are onboarded in that area. Uh, implement wellness in all policies and wellness for and, and an wellness for all approach. And then the last two is reimagine your built environment in your natural environment outdoors. And then last but not least, purchase products and uh, support services that actually match with your wellness focus. And by doing that, you're off to a good start. But the key is implementing it and then evaluating it and then implementing it again and reevaluating it. Thank you. Uh, a conceptual framework published by the International Council on Active Aging about a year ago uh, suggested that a focus on wellness would help providers attract middle-income adults, and that's a group that's underserved and represents a growth opportunity for the senior living industry. Could you talk a little bit about how wellness can attract middle-income individuals? Well, as you know, the part of the cost that comes into the care end of the business is the word care. Uh, and that is 
technology, staffing, and so forth. So the meeting that we had with about 100 or so thought leaders really recognized the fact that care would be on demand and that there may be an area in the community that doctors could come into or that telehealth could be delivered through, but that the community would be focused on a few simple areas that would cater more to individuals who were cash-strapped, if you want to call it that, Um, and that is that the community would be social. It would provide choice, lots of choices, and that the individuals would be enabled to make those choices for themselves. It would provide a lot of a la carte services. The people would be self-reliant. They would be diverse. Uh, Many of the people coming in would also probably be prudent and looking for value, but wanting to get involved. But otherwise, and at the very start of our meeting, the term care did not come up in the meeting at all because it was recognized that this model would be looking to get the vast majority of the population who were not in need of care, but were maybe going to an active adult community at this time instead. Mm-hmm. And ICAA research also found that the pandemic elevated wellness in the minds of providers, residents and prospective residents. Um, could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Our latest research that just came out showed that 81% of respondents of um, senior living communities believe that their executives give wellness a high or essential priority. That is the key word there, priority. Not just that they like wellness or that they think wellness is important. It is a priority. Uh, So now the question is, what do you do with that priority? And I think the first thing that you need to do is to recognize what are your gaps? What are your wellness gaps and how do you close those gaps? Research that we have done has shown that there are many, many wellness gaps, whether it is um, aspirational talk in regards to we're going to fund wellness, we're going to do this. But the reality is, is that the funding is much lower than what is needed. So there's a huge gap there. And that impacts how you deliver and meet uh, the needs of your wellness customers. Um, But the importance uh, in the priority is also shifting to a different model. And we're already seeing it to be a beginning. And that is things like Um, Kendall's Enzo Village, and that is uh, 61% of communities say that by the year 2025, their model will be based in wellness with care as opposed to care with wellness. Now, that may not seem like a big difference in the words that are used. They're probably the same words, but it's a completely different model in what gets delivered. To do that, as we said at the very start, or as I said at the very start, we need to actually step up. We need to make that commitment. And then we need to figure out, are we actually going to go all in or are we just going to piddle around and say that we have wellness 
but really we don't. Um, as an example, 90% of our respondents to um, an ICAA survey in 2019 said that it was extremely important the staff in every department support wellness, but yet we see that below uh, one out of every two uh, staff member does. So there, we need to close these gaps if we're gonna actually move the model forward. Well, speaking of staff, earlier in our conversation, you mentioned wellness and staff. And in addition to getting them on board with wellness for residents, um, what about organizations and wellness for their employees? Um, what kinds of things can they do to make sure that their staff members are well? Well, they can do the same things that they do for their residents, and that is focus, commit. Uh, as an example, do most organizations have a successful employee wellness um, uh, program within senior living? Our research shows no. And I think part of it is because that hasn't been a focus. So focus, if your focus is that your employees are, I hate to use the term, but job one, you know, they're the, they're the most important before the residents, because how can you actually succeed with your residents if your employees are disgruntled, if they're not healthy, if they're not fit, if they're not engaged in the community? Uh, if they bring all of that joy with them to the residents, you're going to have great success. So create an employee first focus, which uh, one of our think tanks focused on and uh, we recognize uh, is front and center and is needed, but that also means delivering on that promise for those employees. So do you offer fitness, wellness? Do you offer the ability to maybe have care or um, some form of caregiving, whether it is for children, parents, on the property for the employee? Uh, do you actually offer mental stress uh, relaxation techniques for the employees? And the list goes on and on. But I would say, if you take that focus and duplicate what you're doing for your residents, for your employees, you would be well ahead of almost most. Thank you. Um, so we've touched on this a little bit during our talk, but what do you think the future holds for wellness in senior living or what should it hold? That's a great question. And I think it all starts with one word, flexibility. Wellness is not the same for each individual. And the reason is that each individual ages in a different way and at a different rate. And wellness isn't the same for each organization because each organization is at a different stage. Each organization has different philosophies. But the bottom line is if we all have the end goal in mind where we are looking to help our residents to live the best life that they can for as long as they can, that's our starting point. Uh, what does it hold for the future? I think, as I mentioned earlier, uh, it is part of a model that is shifting, but not just in senior living. You are seeing uh, wellness properties come up for people that aren't 55 plus, as an example. You see wellness resorts. You see now CVS that has uh, in their prototype center a yoga studio. You see it happening all throughout society. So this is front and center. And I think it's that people are realizing that, hey, 
if we're going to live longer, we certainly want to live well because the opposite is not an appealing um, choice. My father spent 10 years in ill health, and I would not wish that on anyone. Now, if he had done what I had suggested 10 years before, when I saw him beginning to lose strength and couldn't get out of a car properly, maybe he would still be with us here today. I I don't know, but I think it's a travesty when we waste all of this human potential by neglecting it. Before we end our conversation, is there anything else you thought was important to mention? I think that we have this wonderful opportunity in front of us to have an impact. We have a wonderful opportunity to be looked at on a societal level as the model for what cities, for what counties, for what countries could do, because really that's what senior living communities are, is little communities. So I think if we can show that people can live better and they can live longer, and they can be happier. There's nothing wrong with that. And that the rest of the world can learn if we choose to make it so. This is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living, and we've been speaking with Colin Milner, founder and CEO of the International Council on Active Aging. Colin, thanks for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Lois. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in senior living news, visit McKnightSeniorLiving.com.